Tom Bernard Show with Profitable Bashman, MD, Hackmaster. Co host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We will be right back in a couple of minutes. Our caller is Paul up right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Speaking of little MJ himself, Micah Jackson. How can people who have such incredible talent and give you give you such pleasure with the things that they do, whether they dance, whether they're singing, whether they're being creative, whether they're acting, be so messed up? Because his father beat the hell out of him every day. Yeah, but he was messed up from day one, I think. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I also think that fame comes with a big that part. too. Oh, that yeah, kind that of too, fame, yep. comes especially with a big childhood part. fame, and he yeah. was childhood yeah. famous. He was. Yeah, right, right. They right. just don't live in the real world. They don't have any common mm-hmm. experiences like regular people do. But everybody else is, has other reasons for being messed up. Whether it's uh, John Belushi, yeah, exactly. whether it's Jimi Hendrix, whether it's Janis Joplin, whether I mean, all these people that have, are incredible talents are just like. Gone. I want to ask you this question. One of the problems I would have with being an international superstar like a Michael Jackson is that everyone on earth knows who you are and what you look like. But he wanted to make it even more so. He changed his looks to the point it could only have been him. Why would you want to draw more attention to yourself? I don't understand that. I think it's one of those things where um, 
they crave attention, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, maybe that's what it and is. And yeah. honestly, everyone kept saying he was trying to look like Diana Ross. Um, he yeah. was trying to, but honest, if you look at his face and put it side by side with Disney's um, animation of Peter Pan, yeah, he looks yeah, a lot like right. Peter Pan. That's true. And Eternal he youth modeled, was him, yeah. yeah, he modeled himself after Peter Pan. Neverland, never boy that yeah. never grew up. Yeah, it's true. called Peter Pan so, syndrome, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what were the wrong reasons? Um, I mean, he he, it's like he want didn't want the attention, but he needed the attention. Because yeah. he was in the spotlight so much. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of the, uh, the tabloids would get these pictures and stuff. And there was rumors that Michael was the one sending it to these tabloids. But then he would turn around and trash the tabloids saying yeah. they print garbage. These are just rumors. It's like he needed it but didn't want it mm-hmm. at the same time. Makes total sense. Now, Paul, how much yeah. uh, plastic surgery have you had? You're talking to me? Yes, sir. <laughs> You talking to me? Are you talking to me? I love it. Paul, call now, me. Um, I just, um, um, a couple months ago, you had James Patterson on the KQ Morning Show. Yeah, he was just on yesterday again, too. Oh, he was? Yep. Oh, I haven't, I, I normally listen to the podcast thing after that because I can't get it where I live. Oh, okay. Um, where are you from? Like live? Um, I just live up kind of by St. Cloud, but where I live, it's really sketchy. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but I know that your um your your good friend Vince Flynn um used to for charity he used to um auction off names right to put in the to put in his books he did and I was just I I just finished James Patterson's new book um called The President Is Missing and one of the main characters in there was named Catherine Brandt <laughs> now that can't be a coincidence. No, well, we no did way. talk to him about his children's book, so I must have made a... Didn't he write a children's Absolutely book? Absolutely, yeah. he did. So yep. I must have made a really big impression. Catherine Brandt. <laughs> I wish you yeah. would have let me know. I thought you knew that, that he put your name in the book. No, I didn't know that. I just talked to James again yesterday. He's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Really nice you man. I think that might you know, come up in a conversation. Yeah, it's, really, it's actually really interesting. I, I love Vince Ben Flynn's um, stories about Mitch Rapp and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and yeah, and... Um, James Patterson is so close to that. The, yes. And I shouldn't say close to that, but, I mean, you can tell a story. Right. You know? Well, he's what only I mean? sold 375 really million neat. books. Yeah. That's you know, not too bad. 375 yeah. million yeah. books. Not bad. Yeah. Well, I don't read them. I just listen to them. So I don't know if it was spelled the same way or what. But. No, it is. Yeah, her name's in the book. And you know what Vince Flynn did to me, right? No, he no did, I have no idea. He did dedicate one of his books to me, so that was very nice of him. But then as a character in one of his books, uh, Michelle Lettieri is Lou Nanny's daughter. You know, Louie Nanny, the hockey player and legendary hockey yep, player. Yep, yep, yep. Well, his daughter's oh, name... Oh, yeah, he was in that movie, Miracle. hmm Absolutely. Uh, so his daughter's name is Michelle, and so there's yeah. a character in one of Vince Flynn's books, and her name is Michelle Barnard. <laughs> So he made me a woman. Oh, really? What do you think of that? He made me a woman, Oh, the Paul. ultimate insult. Yes. It was just terrible. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. So, Get out. So do you ever go up to Long Prairie and visit my birthplace? Um, actually. Please say no. No. 
He goes, actually, no. No, I don't, as a matter of fact. No, I, I do know where Long Prairie is, though, because I'm kind of from, I'm, I live in a town called Rockville. Oh, yeah, I know where that is, absolutely. Yeah, I, they wanted to buy my P.O. boxes. I, there's a radio station up here that has the call letters that are the same numbers that are on my um, P.O. box. <laughs> they wanted to buy it. Oh, they wanted to buy it? <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's a good no, idea. I ain't changing my address. Nah, I don't blame hold you. Hold out for the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, or hold out for the big bucks. Paul, we appreciate your listening uh, in both to the KQ Morning Show and to this show. I appreciate it. About 70, well, probably about 80, 85 miles away. So it's very nice of you to do that, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Have a good day, Paul. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yep. Yeah, big shot Catherine Brandt and a James Pattern. Yeah, but, you, you might have mentioned Patterson that book. to me. I thought I did. I think I'd remember. Yeah, we in, in, uh, interviewed him. Well, remember, my story with James Patterson is at Breakers West. I went out there when we, this was years ago, and I was just going to play by myself. They said, you want to play with this other guy? I said, yeah, that's fine. So he and I played golf, and, you know, after about five, six holes, you start talking and getting used to that. And He's a very nice guy, and we both had about the same level of skill, which is horrible. <clears throat> but anyway... So we finish, and he goes, okay, Tom, it was great playing with you. I said, yeah, thanks, Jim. It was wonderful. And the pro comes in, and he goes, you do know that's James Patterson, don't you? And I said, what? <laughs> it never, ever came up. It never came up that he was James well, you've Patterson. you've been reading his books. You didn't recognize him from the sleeve? No, not really. No? I mean, he's, a, he's like an average-looking guy. I suppose you're just never thinking about, you know, huh. golfing and... Yeah. He yeah. gives millions of dollars to reading programs for children. Good for him. Millions That's of very dollars. Nice. He's a great guy. James Patterson is a really good guy. We should probably get him on this show, actually. He'd be good on yeah, here. He hasn't been on in a while. And I said yesterday when I put him on the air, talk about his new book. Uh, he's got a new book called Texas Ranger. And, you know, I love that stuff. To hell or, uh, I want hell or high water or, you know, anything like that. I really like that stuff. Longmire. Yeah. I, really, I really love that. But I, before, I, as I was putting him on the air, I said, taking time away from the golf course to appear on the show. And he goes, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't think he wanted to mention, you know, where he's a member now. He's no longer a member at uh, Breakers Reese Jones. You know where he's a member now? Trump International. <laughs> uh, we did notice that, by the way, it was in Chicago. I mentioned this on the morning show, too. We're in Chicago Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on Friday we took a, an architectural boat tour down the Chicago River. Really interesting, and we would hi- wouldn't you highly recommend that, Catherine? Absolutely. And, and yeah. who recommended that to Catherine? Yeah, I think it was Lindsay. Oh, was it Lindsay? That? She definitely told me it was going to be a great it was time, yeah, and that, it really yeah, was. See, there you go. So Cassie and Andy, you each get one guess. Hmm. There are probably what about fifty buildings on the river tour. On the architectural tour, about 50 buildings they talk about. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's one out of the 50 buildings that has the owner's name on it. Who's that? One of the, one of the 50 buildings has the owner's name on it. Yeah, but it has the owner's name right on well, it. By context, I'm going to guess Trump. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You <laughs> win nothing. The only building has Wrigley. Wrigley uh, building does not have the Wrigley family's name on it. Not, the only one is not, Montgomery Ward, massive, massive warehouse. Massive warehouse. That thing has got to be, what, six blocks long? Yeah. It is huge. His name's it not used, on yeah, it. Yeah, it used to be where they warehoused everything for the catalog back I in the did day. Some, 
Because it's just like empty, I'm guessing. Uh, no, no the Kennedys a, ended up buying it. No, for like, no, that's the mark. Well, that's a merchandise. Oh, mark. that. What? Oh, no. Yeah, the, it, it was the mark. No, Montgomery Ward now is a. Um, I think it's condominiums. I think. Oh, oh, that one was the one that was down Way the down other the, river yeah, the by north, the, the, the uh, north yeah, branch. Okay, sorry, what did they do with the uh, Sears building? In Minneapolis, isn't that near like Lake in Chicago? Yeah, it is, and they—it's kind of like is restaurants it? in the first floor, and I think it's a, like, uh, it's like a, an office building. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, office building. My mother like, actually oh, worked like there. Like Margaret, oh, really? You're yeah. talking about the—I didn't turn the page. You're talking about the Sears building in Minneapolis, rather than the Sears building, old Sears building in Chicago. Right. Yeah, like the one we had here. Yeah, we changed to Google Maps. Please tell me. <laughs> when you change the, the Willis Google, Tower, yeah, the Willis Tower. Thing, something else bought it. But the Montgomery to... Ward complex is four hundred thousand square feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's good enough. Uh, and is now mostly condos. It is oh, condos, yeah. Right. But there's also restaurants, the Big Ten Network. Yeah, Wrigley, yeah. a gym, a spa, Groupon, yeah, all sorts huge. of stuff. It's just the huge. The people who worked there used to have to wear roller skates to go from one end of the building to, to get merchandise. Well, 400,000 yeah, square feet. 400,000 I mean, square yeah. feet. Yeah. Now, I did some reading after we went there. Just uh, hopped on the internet, did some reading. Jeff Bezos stole every one of Montgomery Ward's ideas. He just made it. Oh, wait. A digital catalog. 400,000 is just the administration building. Yes. That's, oh, the thing is six blocks long. And then the catalog house is two million square feet. <laughs> it is so big. Two it million is. square feet. Well, how yep. two how big million. is the new Amazon warehouse that they built in Chocolate? Oh, yeah. That thing's huge, too. Huge. Yeah. Not as big as It's not six blocks long. Well, you long, remember but... Montgomery Wards used to have, uh, you, could, you could order a house. You could order a yeah, barn. Yeah, they had to stock all of that stuff someplace before they could ship it out. Two yeah. and a half million square feet. Andy, would you look and see how much that cost him to build? Because that was 100 years ago about, right? 1908. Yeah, in, oh, it was 110 years ago. In uh, But steel mills are that big. I mean, yeah. every, every, yep. the mills, there are, there are factories that are that big, but warehouses that big. Two million. Mm. I wonder if Sears must have had something like that, too. They had, they well, because Sears followed Montgomery Ward's ideas, too. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was serious. Did I that. loved going to Montgomery Wards when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, Town. we all did, yeah. Yeah, it was we so fun. Did. It was like an they adventure. Oh, it, well, in 2007, it sold for $300 million. That's pretty cheap. That's for for that? 2 million square feet. Yeah, yeah that's actually that's not bad. Really real cheap. estate. Um, but I can't really find the original building. I'm sure that information is lost. Okay, how about this, Dad? I'll throw one to you, Andy. Oh, wait. I think I might have found it. $15 a square foot. I know. It's uh, nothing. It's right on the Chicago River, too. Yeah. Oh, no, never mind. That's you can't another... build a yurt for that money. Okay, here's a good one for you. And <laughs> it's part of, the, yeah. part of the architectural tour on the Chicago River. Um, Marshall Fields went broke after they built the Merchandise Mart, right? Uh, the Kennedy family bought the Merchandise Mart, which covers two square blocks downtown Chicago. It's a beautiful building, too. He bought it for back taxes. Joe Kennedy bought that building for $13 million. And what did they say, 20 years ago, the family sold it mm -hmm. for $625 million. <laughs> That's a pretty good investment. That's a smart yeah. investment. 
That's not bad when you make uh, $612 million off your investment. <laughs> That's pretty good. I have to say that Trump uh, building, is it is a beautiful building. It's a beautiful but building. But the fact that he's got those gigantic letters right there, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, Trump. it's... That's one of the reasons why I never... Well, you don't like the font or you don't like the print size? What, what is <laughs> it? The, what I think the like? print size might be a little over the top. But he does He does have, or his team or whoever buys the properties for him to build on. It It is just so beautifully positioned on the river. So when you come to... It's like right on the bend. So it's right there. You yeah, can't yeah. miss no, it. No, you cannot you miss cannot it. You can see it from it. La- uh, the lake. And the, build, and the buildings, uh, they must have... Um, Great views, just unbelievable oh, okay. views. Right. Mike there. Bilski told me that there's a restaurant on the 16th floor of the Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. He said the view is unbelievable. It has to be just great. It's amazing. You look right down the Chicago River, out onto the lake. You can see everything. He said it's just stunning the mm-hmm. the, the scenery from that 16th floor restaurant. But I, you know, look, I, I I've said this many times before. Chicago is my definitely my favorite big city in the world. Love it. I loved London. I loved Toronto. There are all kinds of places I really like. But Chicago is a... And I think the reason is because it's a cultural thing. The culture in which you grew up tends to stick with you the rest of your life. And Chicago is Irish, Italian, and Polish Catholic. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly who lived in my neighborhood. And then, you know, like I said... There was a my neighborhood, a Catholic. There was a Catholic neighborhood, a black neighborhood, and a Jewish neighborhood in North Minneapolis. It was unbelievable. It was wonderful, actually. But yeah, I just, I still can't. They sold it. How much did the, 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 that building sell for again? Fifteen dollars a square foot. Yeah. Said thirty thirty million for two million square feet. That's pretty amazing. Three hundred million. Oh, three hundred million. But okay. still, yeah, fifteen dollars a square foot. That's one hundred and fifty. I wonder if it passed its inspection. Yeah, I thought it was thirty million. All right, we'll take Imagine a break. Imagine having to inspect that place. It would take like three months. We will be right back. A perfect way they're saying to get rid of salt in your diet is up next. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over seventy-seven pounds, and I have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast. And one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. 
It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. the wrong commercial. I wasn't told to start playing it yet. Yep. Just to send it to, what's his name? Nope, you're supposed to start playing it today. Okie dokie. So we can play it later on this hour, can't we? Or the third hour. swap it out, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's a good idea. I just want to make sure he gets the right one on there, because it's a very very big deal he's doing. Um, I want to get everybody in the show's opinion of this, and I think you already know my opinion of it, so I don't even have to give it. Most of us have way too much salt on our diets because it makes everything taste great. But a new study found you might be able to accomplish the same thing without all the salt by literally shocking your mouth while you eat huh? with an electric fork. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> no. Sorry. No, no, no. So what, this is like a version therapy? Uh, researchers at the University of Maine created a set of chopsticks that deliver an electric pulse every time they touch your tongue. Why? Why? And they found it enhanced the flavor of food without any salt. They used chopsticks, but it would work with forks, too. They were able to make uh, foods taste salty, sour, even bitter, just by changing the frequency of the shock. Oh, so that the part of your tongue that tastes certain things is left alone, Is I'm it guessing. Like sticking a 9-volt battery on your tongue? Did you ever oh, do that that's, as a kid? Yes, I did. <laughs> That didn't even hurt, though. Why don't you just take a tingle? Just thinking about it makes the tip of my tongue tingle. (laughs) Or take a piece of aluminum foil and just chew it right in between your fillings. I've done that, too. You know, any kind of galvanic kind of stimulation inside your mouth. I don't want any, you know, know, stay out of my my mouth. By the way, Mm -hmm. just to lock in your feelings about this, and I'm not making this part up. They say a lot more research is needed, and it's not clear if there are any side effects. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, great. I why great. So why was this invented? Just for I have fun? no idea. Just someone some had, college kids. Someone had money to spend. Hey, let's do this. Study this. This will be good. Yeah, that'd be real wonderful. We have a call. We do have a call. Who is our caller? Must be Crystal. Who Hello. Hello. Who is it? Who is it? Joe. Hey, Joe. How are you? What's the buzz? No, nothing much. <clears throat> Just curious. Um, I'm still waiting to hear know what it, what it can do to become a uh, Tom Bernard yes man. Oh yeah, you saw that too, huh? You could be a yes man and yes women. Uh, there was an article about Joe Sushri and Pat Royce in the Star Tribune. It appeared in the Pioneer Press, but they did not have the same reaction. But people commenting on the Joe Sushri and uh, Pat Royce story said, uh, one guy said, oh, that Bernard, I can't stand him. I haven't listened to his show in 30 years. Did you hear what he said yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> well, what? I mean, you can't have it both ways, pal. But, um, yes, one of them said... I don't listen to that show ever. He's got all of his yes men and women on that show. You ever heard the show, pal? Because I don't hear all those yes men and women. They pretty much all tell me to shove it. So yeah, yeah. Michelle Tafoya, she's a yes person. Oh, she's yeah. A yes she's big oh, into being oh, a yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, Joe? 
Uh, I think you guys haven't listened to the show. Yeah, Especially you, uh, when you when you ask ask your uh, ask the people a question and all you hear is crickets. Yeah, they're really <laughs> yes people. Yeah, they are. He's like, you might want to respond, but no, I, I don't know. You know, once again, it's funny. Frank Caliendo did three hours on the show today. He was absolutely stunning. Very, very funny guy. And he had to go do a TV show, but he said, I'm not leaving the show early to go do the TV show. I'll do it. I'm going to do it till 945, and then I'll go over there. I'm not going to show up there early just so I can sit around in the green room. I said, well, that's right. good. I said, what's really going to be cool is if you're late and it turns out the people on the talk show hate me, there's about a 50-50 chance of that. And he goes, Tom, i got to be honest with you, there's a 50-50 chance of that happening anywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thanks, Frank. Thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, he was great yesterday on here, too. Oh, he's such a good guy. And one of the best guys in the world. And to have the nerve, and Joe, I, I, you know, I think you understand this as well, to have the nerve at 45, 46 years old to change your act completely, most people don't have that kind of courage. Now, he's still going to do some voices, but he's not gonna he's not gonna base his act on just doing voices anymore. He's gonna become an actor. He's gonna do all kinds of things. I, I he look he can do it. He's extremely talented. More crickets. Sounds like he wants to take his career in a completely different direction. I mean, some yep. people need to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's like the uh, movies. Some people don't have to do the action movies, and suddenly, well, I want to do. One of those feel-good movies. Yeah, I think that does it. And it does sometimes ruin people's uh, careers. I don't know why. Look, if you're an actor, you're an actor. You should be able to do whatever you want and do all genres. But some people want, oh, no, no, you can only be a cowboy. I only like you as a cowboy. Come on, man. I don't know what to tell you. But in any case, Joe, say yes to me before you leave. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> I kind of thought that, I kind of thought that would be your response, but you know it's just a wonderful and and like I said, I have not listened to my own show in thirty years, but did you hear what I said yesterday? It was unbelievable. <laughs> it's just horrible. Joe, always good to hear from you, sir. Thanks for the call. Yep. Have a good day. Joe from Louisville calling in, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that was Joe. That was Joe. <laughs> yes, 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 oh, yes. Yes, 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 it was Joe. Catherine's a yes person. I, I've noticed that. Oh, That's the foundation of your relationship is oh. her being a yes person and being acquiescing to everything. Well, Lindsay's that no, way, too. No, my talent is knowing when I do need to be a yes person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. McDonald's has started testing a new French toast McGriddle at over 200 locations in Minnesota. I thought McGriddle was already a thing. No, it's a French toast McGriddle. Oh, uh, instead, well, of mini, <laughs> instead of mini pancake buns, it's two pieces of French toast, and if it's popular, they'll start selling it nationwide. Unlike the normal McGriddle, it comes with one type of meat. That's not true. They have bacon McGriddles. They have sausage McGriddles. I know nothing about the McGriddle. McGriddles are delicious. They're wonderful. All of McDonald's food is pretty delicious. I agree. I don't know why people love to bitch about McDonald's food. I, I love their food. Why don't? There's, there are not... some downsides to eating it all the time. Yeah, but yeah it you is, can't do it all the time. They've, they've done an exceptional job to making it flavorful. I mean, really. No, I, I want to run something by you because I have heard that Morgan Spurlock thing that uh, 
when when he said he ate at McDonald's every day for like two months and he gained seventy pounds. Yeah, fake. and his cholesterol. Fake. What that whole documentary was fake. They said that he was faked a lot. Of it, it wasn't quite fake, but he definitely lied the well, entire time because he said but, that he was just eating. The normal amount of McDonald's, but let's see. Yeah. No, he Bring was supersizing every time. He's no, no, in the no, he would supersize if asked to supersize. Yeah, which they are supposed to ask if you want to supersize it. But they don't always do it. Yeah, yeah. he ate 5,000 calories a day. So that's kind of dishonest. That's a lot of calories yeah. to be well, well, you can't, I mean, eating McDonald's daily can't be good for you because of the you know, no, deep fries, someone like, actually like fries and... someone actually did uh, a diet at McDonald's and they lost like a, like yeah. a response to supersize me and right. well they have yeah. salads they did, yeah they, exactly they tried the Jared thing they did the Jared thing with pornography yeah no Spurlock he basically sabotaged himself so he could prove his own point, yeah, which, exactly. is, which is like 90% of documentaries. Yet, if you were to eat at McDonald's and just eat the standard things three times a day, you're right at 5,000. Sure. You, you think, think so? so? Oh, you'd be at 3,000. I mean, well, no, 5,000 is a lot of calories. I have a question for you, Andy. Last I heard, McDonald's hamburger, a McDonald's hamburger, which is what I like anyway, mm-hmm. is, is 230 or 40 calories. Well... 5,000 calories is over nine Big Macs. So it's I a mean, lot of Big Macs. If you're eating that much, <laughs> but, then... But how much is a, how much is a uh, supersized fry? Supersized uh, fries. How well, they don't do supersize anymore, I don't well, think. But, well, but, but, but at the time, they were. The large fries. Large fries. Large. Oh, calories, large fries. Ladies and gentlemen. Large fries. has got to be a lot of calories. Yeah. 510. Oh, 510. That's not five so bad. See, it's not bad. Yeah, not yeah, so you bad. have to eat 10 large fries a day, which but if you had, most if you had, people aren't doing. If you had hamburger, large fries... Shake. So the shake would add a lot a shake, of calories. Shake and maybe a pie. Well, yeah, but how many people eat that much all the time? Well, you know, a lot be of people. It's not good for you, that's <laughs> for sure. You'd be surprised. I like McDonald's. I, I, don't, I don't like the Big Mac because I don't like ranch or What is that? Thousand, Thousand Island. Island. <laughs> I don't like Thousand Island dressing, so I don't eat that. But I've also never done this, and I don't know why. I've never had a shake at McDonald's in my life. Oh, I haven't they're either. delicious. They're vanilla. Are they good? Sh- oh, they're so good. I like to yeah, dip my fries one. in the vanilla shake. Oh, a lot of people do that. It's so good. Lord. Don't oh. knock it till you try Salty and sweet, I Don't guess. Don't knock it till you try <laughs> Oh, man, you're the same person that gets your popcorn and then dumps the candy in the popcorn. No, and I don't do that. that. No. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a sacrilege. But no, putting the fries in the... In the I, yeah. I know. It's one of those odd things, but it does taste good. And I... And I love their fillet of fish. I crave that all the time, and I love. They're the. Only, I heard that's good. The only, I've never had one though. Yeah, their tartar sauce is the only tartar sauce I like, and I like to dip my French fries in their tartar sauce. Probably has sugar in it. <laughs> no, it's it's just not. Some tartar sauce is very vinegary tasting, yeah, and I'm not a big it. fan yeah. of vinegar. Oh. Yeah, me. Either. So, um, there you can't really taste any vinegar in their tartar sauce so that's why i like it so much i mean it has kind of a pickled flavor but yeah. it's not vinegar so no. i don't know i we, love their tartar sauce but you saw the michael keaton movie and that that shake ain't is like powdered it's a powdered product they don't, not anymore not anymore now now it's all now it's all oh now it's all natural local dairy green yeah. green and is it really the other day i was like you said you were going to go to byerly's and i said please pick me up some oat milk because mm-hmm. i really like it in my coffee oh yeah there was none left uh, 
It's it's a nationwide shortage. Like there's a shortage throughout the land. Really? <laughs> Seriously, Kathy and I went last week. There were about twenty cartons of oat oat milk. I went yesterday. There were none left. None. Oat milk. Oat milk. It's really good in coffee. Really? Mm-hmm. So there's a nationwide shortage yeah, of it now. That, yep. I That's guess amazing. It's just, <laughs> I a problem. I think yeah. you thought I was making it up when I said they don't have any more. Because it was, it was full when we went there like two days earlier. I, I, Did you mention it on the show that you liked it or uh, Oat no. milk? No, every time oh, Tom mentions something he likes, like, I remember when... It's really when good in coffee, happen, I'm telling yeah. you. The ice, the ice water. Oh, the grape, grapefruit. The grapefruit, grapefruit ice. When yeah, you mentioned on KQ, gone. and I'm like, oh, I love grapefruit stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to go try it. Because I've tried mm-hmm. other flavors of that ice. Couldn't find the grapefruit anywhere. Oh, it's everywhere, hard to find. Everywhere I went, it was sold out. And, you know, it's deceiving because it's the same color as the strawberry kiwi, which I can't stand strawberry kiwi I flavored agree with stuff. That. Yep. Ugh, gross. So, yeah, I could not find the grapefruit. It took me like two weeks yeah. to find the grapefruit flavored ice. I order mine from Amazon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember when I talked about Jude's dog food, I couldn't find his food then they were always out of the suit the one flavor that he liked i'm like i'm not going to talk about what i like someday (laughs) we will talk about this show and the kq morning show and what it does um one of our advertisers business went up a hundred million dollars last year a hundred million dollars and he said it was all because of the name recognition Mm -hmm. Uh, another another one of our advertisers our business is up 20 percent over last year nice uh you know, Chris Lindahl was in here yesterday. Said our his business through KQ and the podcast is huge. Our listeners, because we don't lie to them, we don't promote things. Go, oh, this is really delicious when it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. We don't do that on this show. We don't do it on the morning show. And I'm not going to endorse something I don't use. I'm not doing it. That's just how it is. That's why I've never done tampon commercials. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great to be here. Okay. Well, there was that one time. <laughs> yeah, that one time you used a tampon. No, I, th- I think over 33 years, the people do realize I'm not going to lie to them just to make money. It's not going to happen. You know, I'm but nice to you Bilsky and, and Sprintall and Bryant, but other than that, you know. What'd you say, honey? I said that's where you and I differ. You'll just do anything. You'll just sell your soul. You'll, 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 do, you'll do the uh, roaring for. That's a poor choice of words. I am a there you are. <laughs> that's right. You, that's right. You have no scruples. Well, we have a friend, Dana what Harms. Mold? Dana Harms, a doctor. You met Dana. Yeah. Uh, he, we were up at their cabin about a month ago, or maybe longer than that now. And he said, "Tom, you shouldn't drink so much Diet Pepsi. It's not a good idea. You want to have one once in a while." But he said the phosphorus is not good for your bones. Correct. Yeah. And then the the caffeine is way too much caffeine in it. So the next day, I switched to this by which has tea caffeine in it, which is m- minuscule compared to the caffeine in, in like a Diet Pepsi, I feel much better. I feel much, much better. These buy things, and there's a little bit of sugar alcohol in them, so not everybody can drink it. Yeah, there's five milligrams of, of erythritol in because it. Because of the dreaded anal leakage. Erythritol yes. oh, <laughs> is a pretty, um, a pretty benign one, yeah. though. It is benign, but well, it makes some people poop like, <clears throat> your mother. But it, 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 is, it is. It is. It, or like the new diet pill uh, that they're, they're studying in Yale, I think at Yale, where that changes your absorption of fat in your small intestine. Yeah. So it dumps all the fat uh. into like a lustrol. What was it, lustrol? 
Alestra was yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Alestra, yeah. yeah. Alestra, Alestra. Oh, Alestra. Yeah. God, the smelly poop. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, that, it's that fat that goes into your stool, and it gives you, it'll, it'll give you what's called steatorrhea, and there is yeah. nothing worse than that. The, the odor. <laughs> oh, it is like, oh, oh God, it's just terrible. Stea would be from the root, which means fat, and rhea. You know yes. what rhea yeah, is. Like dia. Yeah. We will be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What is it, 1975? What, what do we got going here? I think this would categorize as Yacht Rock. Yeah, oh yeah, it's Yacht, is this yacht Rock. This I is think Yacht Rock is very but, funny. I know, I did, this is Billy Ocean. We, we, we need, I like Billy we need a We need a mirror ball in here. Oh, we should get a play, we need a mirror ball. We should get one in here anyway. Yeah, it's I, a magnificent idea. I find the term yacht rock hilarious. It is and it's funny. one of those, like, kind of like the white man overbite dance. I mean, it's just, it, you, all you do is see a bunch of white guys on a boat with, you know, the aviator sunglasses and uh, Buster Brown loafers on, Wait, on their yachts. Only men? What are you insinuating? <laughs> no, yeah, just yeah. What, what, what are you insinuating? Well, and they all play ball ball? this boat? <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know. I'd probably be driving the, the boat. <laughs> I we have be. our guest. Oh, she's oh, on. She is on. Magnificent. Crystal, how are you? Hi, how are you? Marvelous. I'm really glad you called in because there, we thought there might have been a mix-up with the time zone and all that. But you called. So it makes me very happy. But, Crystal, I'm warning you ahead of time. Don't make me cry on my own show. <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> Crystal Hannah Kim is how you say your name? Yes, it is. Crystal Hannah Kim. The book is called If You Leave Me. I'm telling you, I'm warning you, Crystal. Uh, if you leave me. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold it. <laughs> Just exactly. the happy parts, please. What, uh, what inspired the book, first of all, If You Leave Me? It's inspired actually by my grandmother she so the the novel is set during the korean war and then in the years afterwards 
And it begins with a young teenage refugee, a young girl who has fled her home to Busan, which is the southeasternmost city in South Korea. And I grew up hearing my grandmother telling these stories of how she had to flee her home with her widowed mother. And, you know, there, there were such devastating stories, and they always stayed with me. So when I was older, I knew that I wanted to write about this period of time in Korea. What a what a subject! I, mean, I, I honestly, it's it's just heart wrenching the whole thing, but it also shows the strength that human beings have, which I I really like that part of it. I really do. Thank you. It's Thank true. You. If you leave me is an own voices exploration of a family's history set against the backdrop of the Civil War in 1950s and 60s in Korea. This book could not be any more timely. North and South Korea have been making headlines lately with hope for peace. What? Yeah, I, let me pause there, Crystal. Do you think this is real or is it just some political move? Well, you know what? I was actually in Korea in April with my grandmother when the inter-Korea summit between the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, and the South Korean president, Moon Jae-in, was about to happen. And it was so interesting because in Korea, everybody really believed that this might lead to reunification. There was a lot of hope mm-hmm. in the air. And then I was also reading the American news. You know, I was reading um, the New York Times and everything online. And the American news was so much more cynical about about this meeting. So... It's it's just like a strange contrast to see the cynicism here versus the the hope in Korea about oh, although he did change, feed, potential he, change he did fe- feed his uncle to to dogs so that that was kind oh, of upsetting I mean I know I, I mean I I feel hopeful when I'm with my grandmother in yep. Korea yep and you know she grew up she was born into the country when it was whole. And so many people of her generation and even my parents' generation do want reunification. So when I'm around them, I feel very hopeful. And, you know, I want that, too. But whether or not that's actually possible, I don't know. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. This is Ralph Basham. I I visited Korea uh, for the 60th anniversary of the Incheon landing. Uh, and mm-hmm. when I was there, the, 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 the talk, the, it's been years and years where they've said, oh, we want reunification, oh, we want reunification. But then when they saw, when they saw what happened when uh, East Germany and West Germany were reunified and, this, and the economic burden that East Germany brought with that, mm. there is there, mm-hmm. there, some people in South Korea have had second thoughts. You know, there's reunification. There's a lot of. Uh, poor education in the north. There's there's a lot of, of uh, malnutrition. I mean, there's, they don't mm-hmm. have. There's not job skills. So that whole idea, you know, people say, oh, yeah, maybe let's maybe we get along first before we reunify and uh, get them some industry and get the, and get things up to speed before they uh, go ahead with the reunification. But yeah, I, I was hopeful as well. Yeah, when I was in New York, I mean, my family is very liberal politically and socially, and so when I was in Korea, we would be we would be talking about the this meeting, upcoming meeting, and potential reunification all the time with strangers, with cab drivers, and whatnot. And it was it was interesting because there is a small minority that that they were protesting every day against reunification. And they were, you know, I would say the 1% who were economically thinking about 
the burden that would uh, be put upon South Korea if reunification happened, and they were protesting. But it was a small minority. Yeah. God, it's so amazing. I, I have to read this part to people. In order for us to understand the current socio-political tensions between the United States, North Korea, and South Korea, we must understand Korea's history Korea was colonized by Japan in 1910, did not gain its freedom until the end of World War II. During this period of forced occupation, Japanese teachers taught Korean students how to view the world through their imperialist language, their foreign tongue, and yet World War II was not the end of foreign domination or of uh, civilian oppression. From 1950 to mm-hmm. 1953, the Korean War killed hundreds of thousands of people. Do people know that that hundreds of thousands of people were killed uh, from 1950 to 1953? I don't think so. I don't think they do I either. Mean, yeah, I mean, the Korean War in America is called the Forgotten War, mm-hmm. right? Gosh. And it's, it's, I think, in history textbooks growing up, we learned so much about World War Two and so much about the Vietnam War. And I think, you know, maybe there's a paragraph about the Korean War in between. And, you know, growing up in school, I grew up in America. I didn't learn much about the Korean War in school. I only learned about it because of my family's stories mm. and histories. And so I don't think people know much about this war. I think that, you know, even my very educated friends when I was writing this novel I would talk to them about what I was working on, and they wouldn't know when the Korean War happened, who was involved, uh, the fact that Korea was actually broken up into North and South Korea before the war happened is something that I don't think many people know. Uh, So there are all these details that I realized I needed to include in my novel, because even though it's fiction, I want to make sure the reader is learning about Korea's history through these characters. And so I actually ended up writing a lot more about the history and adding those details in as subtly as possible to help the reader. If you if you if you look at uh, Seoul now, if you go to Seoul now, it's mm-hmm. a, it's this thriving, intense metropolis with skyscrapers. It is an unbelievable city. But if you look oh, at the yeah. photographs of Seoul right after the Korean War, it is gone. Mm-hmm. It looks just like uh, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. It is. Gone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was, I mean, I was just talking to Alexander Chi, who's another novelist, uh, writer, yesterday, and we were talking about how we think that Korea is one of the, the one of the countries that kind of rebuilds itself as, as fast as possible, like one of the fastest rebuildings that we've seen, because... The Korean War ended in 1953, and at that time, yeah, it was the Seoul was bombed. The country was totally impoverished. There were so many deaths. They were really a third world country. And now look at it; it's it's completely different. Seoul is very. It looks almost futuristic in a lot of ways compared to you know New York or Chicago uh, or Minneapolis. So they've rebuilt themselves really quickly. And that I wanted to explore some of that early rebuilding in my novel, which is why the novel begins in 1951, uh, but I go all the way to 1967 in the novel because I wanted to track that sense of progress and how Korea had to rebuild itself afterwards. Now, Krista, do most Americans understand why the United States even got involved in the Korean War? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, do most Americans understand? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I do. think that it's critical, right? Especially with all of the conversation right now about the United States and what they think about the North and South Korean reunification with Trump talking to Kim Jong-un. I think it's very critical that we understand as a nation our involvement in the past, uh, you know, and what the U.S.'s history has been with both North and South Korea. Now, the the first name of your character, H-A-E-M-I, how do you pronounce that? Hemi. It's just pronounced Hemi. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because yeah. I thought that was correct, but then there's the, you know, hemisphere Hemi. So I didn't want to just jump ahead. Uh, yes, Hemi. Hemi Lee was born, if you leave me, feisty, beautiful, uneducated, willful warrior. As Crystal got to know her, she explored further questions about womanhood, societal and familial obligations, and love. So you're making me tear up, Crystal. I told you not to do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> now it's a, it is a beautiful story. It's a very strong story too, though. It, it absolutely is. Now, where do you live now, Crystal? I actually just moved from Chicago to back to New York, where I was born in Queens. So I just moved back about two months ago. What? Uh, why did you live in Chicago? I, Chicago. I love. I just got back from Chicago. My wife and I did on Saturday night. Love Chicago. Love New York too. Uh, is yeah, it? I love Chicago. So mm-hmm. my husband started uh, medical school at the University of Chicago, so we were there for four years. And I really loved it. It's a beautiful city. Didn't you go to medical school there too, Dr. No, Bish? I was a resident at Northwestern. Oh, that's what you were what, resident at uh, Northwestern. Yeah. I think they're rival schools. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. No, I don't think so. We don't have, there's no rivalries in medical school. You don't have, you're too tired to rival somebody else. Yeah, that's true. They're exhausted studying and working. <laughs> but you look back over the last 110 or 120 years, and the involvement of all these uh, of the United States and Western and Eastern Europe, uh, Asian countries, uh, and you look at Crystal. Why do you think it is? It's been such a struggle between China, Japan, and Korea. What? Where did that all start? I think you mean you mean between the three countries. Yeah, I mean because because you're talking about you know, Japan. Uh, took over Korea in 1910. Then, of course, yeah. uh, the the rape of Nanking. That was a whole another situation. There's been a lot of strife in that area for for there a has. long time. Well, yeah, there has. There's been a lot of uh, strife, as you say, and there's been just a lot of tension between those three countries for domination and for colonialization. Yeah. And you know, I think that. It's there's a really complicated history and relationship between those three countries, especially I would say between South Korea or you know the Koreas and Japan. You know, my grandmother yes. would tell me these stories of how she, so when she was young, uh, Korea, South Korea, or Korea in general was colonized by Japan, and so she was forced to never speak Korean at home or in school. You know, she was forced to erase. Korea from her memory. The culture, the Korean cultures were not allowed to be celebrated. She had to, they replaced her name with the Japanese name. And, and 
there was there was a huge class dynamic between the Japanese who lived in Korea because they were in the higher positions and the Koreans who were, you know, indigenous to the country. And so my grandmother would tell me these stories and and I think a lot of people in her generation still harbor a lot of resentment to Japan because of that colonialization. And so there's just so much tension between those countries. Now, I have to ask my son a question while we have you on the phone, Crystal, Hana, Kim. Mm-hmm. Our son, Catherine, is here as well. Our son, Andrew, you, you study Asian culture a lot. What, what attracted you to Asian cultures, Andy? I guess just the effect that they had on my childhood because video games and I grew up at the same time. <laughs> oh, there you go. And are. anime, really, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. J-pop and K-pop and... Really, Asian culture became a big thing in America in the late '80s. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 well, like I how think... people used to be like, oh, I want to you know go to France and live there. And, yeah, okay, but yeah, yeah, I think that a Korean culture has been really popular. I would say maybe I think Asian popular uh, Asian culture, like you said, has been in American consciousness since the 80s, but I think Korean culture, you know, with K-pop and K-dramas and Korean beauty, all of that has been in our kind of pop culture for maybe the last five years, five, ten years. Yeah. And it's so interesting because growing up, when I was young in school, people would tell me, you know, they would ask me like, oh, where are you from or where is your family from? And when I said I was from Korea, I, boys, kids would tell me, oh, there is no such thing as Korea. Or like, you have to be from China oh, or Japan. Man. <laughs> yeah, they would tell me that. And I would say, no, I'm from Korea. But they had never heard of it, so they thought I was wrong. And so to go from that lack of awareness about Korea to now everyone knowing about Korea and singing you know, Gangnam style and eating kalbi and taco, kimchi tacos. It's, yeah. it's been an incredible journey for me. Hey, don't forget Korean uh, barbecue either, Crystal. Yes, Korean barbecue. <laughs> don't forget and that. Korean face mask. <laughs> Crystal, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you very much for your time. If you leave me, very strong book, very sad Thank book, you. and a very happy book all at once. It's It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope we talk again very soon. Yes, thank you so much. Crystal, Hannah, Kim, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called If You Leave Me. We'll talk to I, One thing I want to mention, I can't say who it is yet, but I did an interview yesterday with a, with a big shot. Uh, I can just say a big shot. Uh, somebody I think you'll really still, love. We're going to play the entire... secret. It's still a secret until tomorrow sometime, and then it won't be a secret anymore. But um, it is a man I have not spoken to in 27 years. And I don't know why he did it, but I'm very grateful. He said he would do one interview, but it had to be with me, which is quite an honor. And he's a hell of a guy. You're going to love him. And the entire... um, The entire interview will be on the third hour of this show tomorrow, so make sure you check it out. We're going to play a little bit of it on the KQ Morning Show tomorrow, and then we'll go forward from there. So we will talk to you about that then. But I can't tell you who it is yet. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.